Hey, this is Ed Luther, pastor of City Church in Australia. I hope that today's podcast really inspires you. Thank you so much for listening. I'm really excited that you could be with us this morning, whether you're watching online or you're here present. And we are in part three of a series that we've called Uncharted. And I'm so excited. I really encourage you to go back and and get the last two uh, Sundays, the last two messages on Uncharted, especially last week, what we covered uh, about how to be great in the kingdom of God. I called it Uncharted Greatness. And it's not the way that most people think about being great. And uh, I asked everybody who wants to be great, or maybe one or two people that went, eh, kind of. Uh, But at the end of that message, I hope that everybody would want to be great in the kingdom of God. I I, want to hear well done when I go to heaven and, you know, get past Peter and and his jokes and things at the pearly gate. I want to hear well done, but wouldn't it be great to hear great job? Like, not just well, well, well done, but whoo, man, like you nailed it with that life of yours. And the way of doing that, of course, is serving. You want to be great? Be the servant. People will be jumping out of their chairs. They'd be jumping out of their skin at every opportunity to serve if they really believe that's the way to greatness. If they really believe that for eternity, that's a long time. (laughs) You're going to get something like a a big reward that's going to go on and on and on if you would just take the space that we have called this lifetime and serve other people. In doing so, of course, Jesus says, as much as you've done it unto these, guess what? You did it unto me. And I get excited about that. So I don't want to re-preach last week's message, but we're continuing on this week at part three of Uncharted. And Uncharted simply means this. It means uh, unplanned, uh, not on a map, not mapped out, not designated so much. It's just something that... You, 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 it's like a sea captain launching out into the deep when Columbus, you know, he didn't discover America according to some historians, but, you know, when he went, went and discovered what he thought was India, that's why they're called Indians, he discovered America. He, he landed, anyway, in, in America, but it was uncharted territory. They got over the horizon. If you believe the earth is flat, then there is no horizon. I guess you fall off the end of it, but if you believe that the earth is round, which most normal sane people do, uh, you, you know, you get over what's the, what's the horizon, what's there, what is out there? And, and Captain Cook and all these explorers, they had to venture out into uncharted waters in order for us to actually be uh, down under if you're here or wherever you're watching from. Somebody had to venture out into an uncharted realm. Now, there's two ways that you enter the uncharted. And we're in the uncharted right now, by the way. You know, everything's changing so fast, isn't it? Like from one week to the next, what is going on? And and there's two ways that you enter the uncharted. Number one is you voluntarily enter. You go, well, I guess, you know, there's really uh, nothing I can do to get out of this. uh, So therefore, I'm going to, on purpose, I'm going to step into something that's uncharted. It's not all mapped out for me. It's unpredictable. It's, uh, it's, it's a bit scary, let's face it, but I'm going to take that big step, take a big breath and go, Whew. it's like jumping into a swimming pool, isn't it? You can, you can jump in or somebody can throw you in. You can go into the uncharted screaming and kicking. 
and, and, and resisting it. But one way or the other, you're going in. That's just the way life is. And I've entitled this message this morning, uh, uh, Going Into uh, Messiness, or the, it's the messiness of the uncharted. So we're going to go into the uncharted mess, or moving into the mess is what I titled it. And, and, and this morning we're going to look at uh, a person called Elijah. He's a prophet. Prophets are amazing, especially the Old Testament prophet. They're bold. They put their neck on the line often. They lose their head over what they're about to do. And, and one of my favorites has to be Elijah. And Elijah, he's, I'll just set the, uh, the, the scenery, so to speak. Elijah is, is a prophet in Israel during a time when uh, Ahab, who is a very wicked king, in fact, it says, setting this up, it says that he did more wickedness than all the other kings before him. And he marries this woman, and I don't think anybody calls their daughters this nowadays. It's not in the names book anyway, I don't think. He, he marries a, a woman called Jezebel. And, and, and Jezebel's uh, lineage and, and her family, they worship Baal. And Baal is like this uh, terrible god. It's not a real god, but it's a demonic kind of a thing. And he resurrects uh, the asterisk pole and all these things. They, they, they're, they're sacrificing, not, not to God, and they're not worshiping uh, the God of Israel, but they're worshiping the Baals and naming kids and, and everything else after that. And he, he steps into that, and God's really angry, and, he, and he, his voice is the prophet. In 1 Kings 17, we'll just pick this up in verse 1. It says, Now Elijah, the Tishbite, from Tishbe. Anybody from Tishbe here? Uh, in Gilead. Said to Ahab. Now he's, getting, he's, he's, he's talking to this wicked king that could have his head cut off at any time. He says to Ahab, as the Lord, the God of Israel lives, whom I serve, there will be neither dew nor rain in the next few years, it turns out to be three and a half years, except at my word. How audacious is that? He doesn't go, yeah, I'm gonna be, I've been praying. And I'm just going to pray that God doesn't uh, cause rain to come down until you repent, oh, you wicked king. Or I've got a good idea. I've got a good suggestion. No. He says, it, it's not going to rain until I say that it's going to rain. Do you get that, king? I'm king right now. I've got authority right now. So the word came to Elijah in, in verse 2. The word of the Lord came to Elijah Leave here, turn eastward, and hide in the Kareth Ravine, east of Jordan. And you will drink from the brook. And I have directed ravens to supply you with food there. Now I'm going to push pause on that one for a moment. Uh, ravens are a dirty, messy bird. In fact, they were considered unclean in Israel. There's about eight types of, uh, of ravens in, in Israel. Uh, and, and they're considered in the same class as a vulture. Why? Because they eat dead things. They come in contact with dead carcasses. They're swooping around and everything. It's not the kind of bird that you want to have, you know, in a cage at home as a pet. They're a, they're a, they're a dirty, unclean animal, and, and God says have nothing to do with them. Now he's saying this is who's going to feed you. I'm going to cause a, a, a raven, something that you're not really allowed to come in contact with, to feed you. Listen to this. 
You'll drink water from the brook. The ravens will supply you with food there. And so he did what the Lord had told him. He went to, to the Kareth Ravine east of Jordan and stayed there. Verse 6, the ravens brought him bread. Where did they get bread from? <laughs> We're going to answer that question. That's a good question. Hold it. They brought him bread and meat in the morning and bread and meat in the evening. And he drank from the brook. I think about where's lunchtime, but we won't go there. So he gets breakfast. <laughs> the ravens are bringing him breakfast. He, he gets dinner. Uh, I'd be thinking, what kind of meat are they going to bring me? Because I know what kind of meat that ravens eat. It's got to be a dead, stinking carcass. Uh, I've watched Bear Grylls. I know what kind of stuff is out there in the desert that's dead. And uh, no, thank you, God. But, but God says, I'm going to cause you to go into an uncharted, messy situation. How many people uh, like messes? I certainly don't. There's a, a room in our house, and... It is the most hotly contested room in our house. And I visited that room this morning. In fact, uh, I had to actually put on another pair of pants because when I was in that room, I came in contact uh, with some grease. And uh, that room is supposed to have something in it, but instead it has everything else. It's got suitcases that we don't use except when we travel, just shoved in there. It's got bicycles in there, came in contact with one today. Uh, it, it, it has got rollerblades that we have never used since we bought them. It was a good idea, we thought. And so they're shoved in there. It's got wetsuits, flippers that we never use. Uh, it, it's just got all kinds of junk that we haven't yet thrown away. And my wife tells me, when are you going to throw it away? When are we going to have it clean out? When are you going to get rid of all that building junk that you don't even use? You're never going to build anything with it. it. It is the messiest room in the house. And it's meant for these two cars to live there. But the cars are squeezed in. They can't hardly even breathe. In fact, getting into the car, get, which I did this morning, it's like, i got to move my bicycle. Move it later. If I don't move it this morning, I'm going to run the thing over because it's right in the back of the car there. So getting that thing out, and then I look, and there it is, grease all over my white pants, so now I've got these pants on. But, <laughs> you know, I don't like messes. And, and I don't think that you do too. We've got old shoes. We've got a filing cabinet, paint, tools, Everything is in the garage, but the garage is for cars. And moving into the uncharted is often moving into the messy. It's moving into tight situations. It's, it's moving into situations that, that uh, you just know this thing is going to get messy before it gets better. This thing is chaotic. But what I've learned about the mess, and these ravens are terribly messy birds that are going to feed Elijah. What I've learned about the mess is that the chaos or the mess is the clay for the creator. God created in the beginning out of a mess. In the beginning, <laughs> God created the heavens and the earth. It says, and the earth was without form and void. We would have looked down at planet earth when God spoke into that, all the beauty, beauty, beautiful things that we have today. We just said, what a mess. How could you possibly make something out of that? This is uncharted, God. This is like a, a chaotic kind of a situation, but, but God speaks into your chaos. God will speak into your mess. God sometimes 
causes that mess or allows that mess, like we find with Elijah here. It was God that said it's not going to rain. There's not even going to be dew on the plants for three and a half years. But most of us, we freak out. What are you doing? I want to I stay in the charted. I want to stay in my comfort zone. I don't want something that's messy. But you look at things that in, in, in life, almost every thing that gets created in life starts off messy or there's a mess associated with it. Have you ever looked at a builder? Yeah, some of you guys go, yeah, I look at a builder every day when I look in the mirror. You, you go out on those building sites and, and, and see a house going up. And there's always somebody that's starting out like an apprentice, usually the junior person. And what have they, what have they got? They got a broom and a dustpan. <laughs> They're going to be there. Hey, clean that mess up so I can get at, you know, and build this thing properly. I can't get, I can't move over here. We need that for our garage. We just need somebody to follow Gail around when she shoves stuff in there. And, uh, <laughs> exactly. Uh, <laughs> she's, I got the microphone. What can I say? <laughs> and, uh, you know, but things got to get messy before they get created. The thing about your mess, is it says something. It says something about you, and it says something about where you're going. It means that something is going on. If there's a mess in your life, it's probably, hopefully, because you're building something or something is going on. It's a good thing for a baker. These things all begin with B, in case you, you'll notice when a, uh, you know, we'll list a few of these things, but you know, builders have mess, uh, and a baker has a mess. I've never, like, I've never baked a cake. But I've watched people bake a cake. There's flour. It, you know, it gets everywhere. The roller thing there, there's some butter, you know. Uh, I think they flip the butter into the flour or something, get it all going, and maybe that's a pie. I don't know. Whatever it is, it tastes good at the end of the day. You got a bit of oil in there. You, you, got, you got a mess going on before you got anything that looks really nice like a cake that you're going to eat. There's always a mess associated with most things. I think about the butcher. The butcher, got to cut that meat up. That's a mess, hey. I think about all of the people in our world that create messes because they're creating something that's not a mess. The key in the mess is that the mess isn't on the inside of you. The, the charted bit, the ordered bit, isn't in your environment. Right now, we're stepping out into you know, chaotic, messy times. Uncharted is the word that I got at the beginning of the year. We are in uncharted times, and those uncharted times are messy times, but don't despise the mess. Order and, and systems and, 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 and things that you're planning, and God's giving you a word on the inside despite the mess that's going on all around you. There is order on the inside of you that's going to cause something beautiful to be made out of that mess. You just have to get that from God. And, and, and don't be moved by the mess. I don't like messes. Uh, again, another thing that begins with B, barber, builders, bricklayers. They got a mess going on as well. So all these messes, but it's part of the process and it's also part of, of progress. Now, we're going uh, to go back and look at Elijah for a moment, but I, I just think about the unsafe places that 
you could live. And I was thinking about that with the garage this morning. How unsafe is this garage? I stubbed my toe because the garage is such a mess. There's uh, big blocks that, we, that we've stored in there, and that wasn't Gail, it was me that stored it there. But I used it as a stop so the car goes in, and, and I know, okay, the car uh, is in far enough. Now the garage door will come down. Well, I came out, and it was dark. Darkness and a mess just don't go together. You know, that just spells danger, doesn't it? And so I, I went out in the garage. It was dark. I, I, I got out of the car, and uh, the light wasn't on, and, and I just banged my toe, like, so hard that my toenail's black. I think I fractured my foot, and, uh, you know, that just really hurt. And I said, gosh darn it. Golly gee, this really hurts. Dang it. <laughs> and it's still hurting me right now. Because when there's a mess and there's darkness, it's dangerous. But the most dangerous place that you're in right now is actually not the uncharted. The most dangerous place that you can live is actually if you try to live in, in the charted. When you think, I, I, I want to live, I want to live in my comfort zone. I, I want, oh God, I don't want my, my superannuation. If you're in America, you're 401k. Your, your retirement package. Oh, what's it going to do with this latest hedge fund deal that's going down with, you know, whatever, store something or other, you know, ca causing all, all of this stuff to go on in the world. Where is it? It's just going, I don't even, nothing's predictable anymore. The most dangerous place that you can live is actually in the charted, not the uncharted. I think about David, King David for a moment. We'll get back to Elijah, but I think about David. What was the most dangerous thing that David faced? Well, it was Goliath. No, no, it wasn't Goliath at all. Well, it was the Philistines, all those battles that David went in there, you know, and he fought it out, he led the charge, and they all went out there. No, that wasn't the most dangerous place. The most dangerous place for David was the place that cost him the biggest mess in his life, and that's when it says kings go to battle, but David stayed home. David didn't go to battle. They were going out to meet, I think, the Amalekites, and, and they're going out, and, and it says in the springtime when all the kings go out there to, to, to face off with the enemy. See, kings are supposed to go into the uncharted. Kings are supposed to take territory. Kings are supposed to be out there. They're supposed to be conquering. They're supposed to be taking land. You are supposed to be conquering uh, all your fears. You're supposed to be taking territory for the kingdom of God. But you have to take that on, on the inside in your heart first. You have to be prepared. See, going into the uncharted doesn't mean that you're not prepared. It means you study to show yourself approved in the Word of God, that you, you have enough of God's Word flowing through you that you can get a word from God so you know exactly what to do. You're going to step out into the uncharted, like I said. You either go voluntarily or screaming and kicking, but one way or the other, you're going in to uncharted territory, but the preparation has to happen in the heart. To avoid uncharted is not going to happen. And the most dangerous place that you can be, it's where David was. He stayed at home. He's up on the rooftop, sees a lady bathing, and, and, and goes, woohoo, you know, and bring her to me. And the rest is history. Caused him the biggest mess ever. The biggest mess is when you won't go into the uncharted willingly, and you won't plan, and you won't prepare, but you just pray, God, please, just take care of all the wicked people. 
Notice Elijah didn't say that. You notice that Elijah didn't say to God, why don't you just kill Ahab? Just kill him. Take him out. Why don't, why don't we just kill all the bad people, God, and then we can all just live in happiness? You know, take care of the hedge fund people and the other people, and, you know, so that my retirement can be cushy and I can continue to watch Netflix in the safety and the comfort uh, of my home because that's God's plan for me. Well, no, friend, that's not God's plan for you. And I've got good news for you, but it's also bad news if you think you're going to stay in the charted and stay safe and not have a messy uh, life in front of you. You are so, so wrong. The mess is coming one way or another. In fact, the mess is here for so many of us. And, and, and I'm saying, be prepared. Be bold. That's what faith takes. To step out into the uncharted means you're going to step out into messy situations. Now, back to uh, uh, Elijah. We'll finish up here in a moment. Uh, the most dangerous place is to stay in a charted, boring, secure life, I'd say you just want to have Groundhog Day over and over and over again. So in uh, 1 Kings 17, again, verse 7, it's a bit quiet here. It's not the kind of good news. I think we all want to hear the news that you don't have to go through uncharted times. <laughs> Your life is not going to be, God's going to make it so easy for you. Grab a hold of these scriptural promises. And I love that. But the fact is that you are created to conquer. You are created for the uncharted. You are created to go into the uncomfortable. You are created to go into messy situations. You are created to create something out of chaos. You are create, created for this. Sometime later, in verse 7 of uh, 1 Kings 17, sometime later, the brook dried up because there's been no rain in the land. Think about that now. The, the guy that declares this, it's not going to rain except at my word. As soon as that brook dried up, I think I'd say, okay, uh, it's my word. Now it's time to rain. I don't want to pay the penalty of uh, the decision that I've made to line up with God. And, and, and there will be no, there's been no rain in the land. The, Lord's, the Lord came to him, verse 8, the word of the Lord came to him. Go at once to Zarephath, to the region of Sidon and stay there. I have, last time I checked, have is past tense. I have directed a widow there to supply you with food. Think about that. God has spoken to this widow that he is about to encounter out of his messy situation. He's going to come into a, a woman that's got a messy situation of her own, and God has directed her already to feed the prophet. Verse 10. So he went to Zarephath, and when he came to the town gate, a widow was there gathering sticks. He called to her and asked, Would you bring me a little water in a jar so that I might have a drink? As, as she was going to get it, he called, Bring me, please, a, a piece of bread. 12, verse 12, As surely as the Lord your God lives, she replied, I don't have any bread, only a handful of flour in a jar and a little olive oil in a jug. Now, last time I checked, I think a little bit of oil and some flour kind of makes bread. In other words, uh, uh, yeah, I haven't made the bread. I got the ingredients for the bread, but I can't. Get, technically, 
she's off the hook. I, I, don't, I don't have any. I'd give you bread if I had bread, but I've only got the ingredients for bread. And uh, some of us have that excuse, don't we? We're looking for excuses on why we're not going to answer the call uh, of God, why we're not going to help God uh, help God solve some of the problems that are in the uncharted. We've got our excuses. I just don't have the money. I just don't have the time. I just don't have fill in the blank. I am gathering a few sticks to take home and make a meal for myself and my son that we may eat it and die. I like what Elijah said to her. Don't be afraid. Go home and do as you have said. But first, make a small loaf of bread for me and from what you have, bring, bring it to me and then make something for yourself and your son. Like, do as you have said, bring this to me, then you can go ahead and eat and die. It's up to you. But you're going to do this first. God has directed you to do this. And so she went away. She did as Elijah told her. So there was food every day for Elijah and for the woman and her family. I've learned this, that in the uncharted, in the messy, during famine, during hard times, if I put God first, God always looks after the rest. God will, all, you, you know, he, his word says, I have never seen the righteous forsaken, nor his seed begging bread. That is the truth. And I really encourage you, if you're not putting God first, you've got these excuses. I don't have bread. I just got oil and, and flour to make bread. But I, technically, you know, don't, don't get yourself off the hook like that because all you're doing is you're short-circuiting the, the future the, and the miracle that God wants you to have. The miracle always comes through the hand of God, but often through the hand of the ungodly. It's amazing here how God provides and God provides in the middle of uncharted times. God always provides the miracle, but it's not always the way, in fact, it's rarely the way that we think it's going to come. I, I love living this way. I love living in the uncharted. It would just be such a boring life, let's face it. You know, you ever watch the Truman Show? Truman gets up in the morning. He doesn't know that the whole thing is a, is a television show, and he's the star actor. And he's living in a dome. His home is a dome. And he's walking around, and everything, everything is beautiful. Everything is set up. Everything is perfect. It's like a blast from the 1950s or something. You know, everybody's friendly. There's no problems for little Truman. He walks up growing up, but he doesn't know this is all a setup until one day he starts to see patterns in this whole thing and he decides to go out and sail where he's not supposed to go and gets out and discovers this thing is a dome. I've been living in a shelter. I've been living in, in something that's so chartered that I'm never going to grow. I'm never going to step out. I thank God for the uncharted. I thank God for the messy because it's the only way that you're going to grow is if you get out there and push your faith. How are you going to have faith if everything's already done for you? This thing gets messy here. Real messy. This guy enters the mess of a woman that needs a miracle. She doesn't realize it yet. In fact, uh, we won't go there, but you know, if you read on toward the end of uh, 1 Kings 17, he, he, her, her son dies. And, and the prophet, he comes in and says, what's going on? The son's, her son's dead. She goes, have you come to visit me for my sin? What was her sin? It was disobedience. 
she wasn't going to give him the, the bread. She wasn't going to make him the bread. God told her, I've already done that. Uh, uh, he's told her what to do. He's given her instruction, and she's like, well, if I do that, then we're both going to die. So I'm just going to go ahead and eat it myself. I'm going to eat what's supposed to be my seed or what I'm supposed to be giving first to God. I'm going to take and I'm going to eat that, and, and then we're going to die. And, and the prophet says, no, don't do that. She, she at least listened to him. A lot of times we don't listen to God because we got our way. We think that we're going to avoid the unchar. We're going to avoid the uncomfortable. We're going we're to avoid the mess. Like I say, you're not going to avoid it. It's going to get it's going to catch up with you somewhere in life. And, and, and that's what life is. So live it with adventure. Live it with purpose. Embrace that thing. Grab a hold of it with all that you can. Get the word of God. Step out so that God can then do the miracle. You'll see the miracle. You go, wow, that's amazing. You know, without a test, you don't have a testimony. Get some testimonies. Step out into your world. Don't live in the Truman Show. In this woman's mess, he steps into it with the power of God. Now, I believe that this woman had been feeding the prophet all, all along. Again, I, I, don't, I don't see ravens baking bread. And I don't know, maybe the raven somehow found somebody else that was baking bread somewhere, you know, swooped down, got the bread, brought it back morning and night. But God had already told her to feed the prophet. He already commanded her to bring bread and, and, and to feed this man. And, and, and these ravens are coming back with that every single day. And now it, it's about to run out. She's down to the last little bit. And she decides, I'm not doing it anymore. How, how many of you have given to God and served God all the way through the charted times? You know, when times were good, it's like, I was faithful, God. I did what you asked me to do, but then things start to get tough. And then you hear the talk, and I hear it all the time. You know, people are doing it tough today. Yeah, they are. Does that mean we don't step out? We only have a God that's our God during the easy times. <laughs> He's like, when things are good, you know, God's on the throne. Things are bad, God's not on the throne. We got a God that's there for the charted comfortable times, but he's not the God that can reach into the mess? I don't think so. I, I, I am so thankful that there's always, if it's not the mess that, that, that I've got in front of me that I've caused myself, maybe, you know, hopefully not like David or something else, but if it's not a mess because I'm not building anything, maybe it's time to start looking to build something. If you're in a situation where there's just no mess around you and, and everything's just perfect and everything's comfy, in fact, most of the mess comes from relationships, if we're going to be honest. <laughs> a couple little laughs, nervous giggle. <sighs> you know, most of the mess in my life, I didn't make it, to be honest with you. Most of the mess in my life, it's like, they, them, those people. No wonder Moses got upset and struck the rock. These stiff-necked people. I'm trying to tell them the way to greatness is to serve, but they don't want to serve. They want to be served. Then you can't be great. I want to tell them, step into uncharted territory. Embrace the mess. Make a mess if you're building something. You're making progress. You're going forward. You're baking something. Whatever. Step into it. But most of it comes down to messy relationships. 
And the prophet, he could have been the uh, best friend with Ahab. He could have looked at the, the bell, altar of bell, and, and, and Jezebel and gone, man, that is such a cool altar. I, I got one at home. I ordered it from Ikea. It's so good. Mine was assembly. Where'd you get your altar to Baal from? He, he could have gone, well, you know, it's okay to live with Jezebel. <laughs> you know, we're all doing it today. Are you married to her or is she your partner? Like, huh. <laughs> he, he could have just ingratiated the wicked king. So many times we just want to compromise. We don't want to ruffle it. We don't want relationship messes. We don't want messy to turn. We don't want the relationships that we got. So we don't tell the truth. We try, especially preachers, I might add. We, we just want to tell everybody what they want to hear. Because if, if we don't do that, they're not going to come back next Sunday. The place is going to be empty because the prophet got let out. My goodness, are we doing any favors to anybody by not telling the truth? Uncharted means you're going to be uncomfortable. Uncharted, again, means it's going to be messy. But here's the question. What if Jesus didn't reach into your messy life? My life, quite frankly, was a mess that I'd made. And no matter how, how good you are, goody tissues, oh, but I was never, I never even, I never smoked a cigarette. That's, that's cool. That's a good choice. I never... Fill in the blank. Your life is still a mess. You're still not righteous with God without Jesus Christ. And, and, and where would you be right now? Where would people in the Bible, as you read the Gospels, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, if you read what's the good news, I, I think about the woman at the well. He wasn't supposed to stop and talk to her. She's a Samaritan and she's a woman. This is a messy situation. I'm going to be in a real mess if, if my disciples and word gets back that, that I'm talking to this woman at a well, but he doesn't. He sits down, has a conversation, has a word of knowledge for her about all of her partners, and, 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 and then she gets saved, dynamically saved, goes into the town, tells everybody about it. What if Jesus said, no, no I'm not stepping into that mess. What about the ten lepers? Man, leprosy. If there's ever a disease that you don't want to catch, believe me, if, if somebody said, and I'm not diminishing COVID at all, but if somebody said, catch COVID or become a leper, I'll take the COVID. I'll take my chances with that. Uh, if I live, I live. But leprosy, where your, your limbs get eaten off, all your flesh rots and falls off, no thank you. But where would those 10 be if Jesus, the one that ordered the universe, the perfect one, the clean one, didn't st step out and come in contact with the mess of these 10 men that were being eaten up by this foul and hideous disease. What if he said, no, I'll just do it from a distance? No, he put his hands on them. He, he prayed for them. He spoke into their life, but he got in close proximity. Where would the woman be that was caught in the act of adultery? Yes, the very act of adultery. All the charted Pharisees, they stood around. They gathered around. They're so charted. They, they don't violate anything. They tithe right down to their, to their spices. They, they do backflips so they don't lust after a woman. That's true. They, they, they haven't done any of the, the bad things. And they're looking at this woman 
She's been caught. We don't know about the man. Oh, yeah, man will be man. Uh, woman, Jesus comes on the scene. And what does he do? He stoops down, takes his finger, and writes in the dirt. The finger of God gets dirty because he goes into your messy world. He goes into messes. Question, will you go into a mess? Or are you going to back up and go, oh, not me. No, no. I, I, I avoid people like that. I've got enough problems on my plate as it is. I, I'll stay in the charted, thank you. Well, I hope not. I hope that every single one of us realizes we are in the uncharted right now, and the most unsafe is to try to withdraw from that and get back into your comfort charted life where everything is Truman Show or Groundhog Day, whatever movie you pick. Uh, uh, we, we have a chance to go into the messiness of somebody's world that needs some order, that needs what you've got, that needs somebody that has the order of God on the inside of them that can step into messy, chaotic situations and create something beautiful in somebody's life. We need people like like that. I remember, you know, we're going to close right now. We're going to have communion in a moment. So if you're at home watching this, uh, communion is where we partake of uh, the symbols of the Lord's body and his blood. So if you want to get some bread and some uh, juice or wine, whatever you want to drink that represents the blood, uh, you can gather that right now. And we're about to close. But uh, I remember when I used to paint in San Diego, uh, one of my jobs in between heading off to Australia. I didn't go back into finances because it wouldn't have been uh, fair on, uh, on a company to pretend like I was a career person. And so I gave that up and a long time before that. But my painting boss used to send me down into Mexico across the border, and he'd pay me. So he'd say, all you guys, you go out, you're going to paint. Ed, you're going to take my pickup truck. truck. Here's the keys. And you're going to go down to the mission in La Mesa, means the table is like a flat place down across the border. And you're going to, you're going to go down there and minister. I've already let them know that you're coming. And uh, just have a good time, preach the word and pray for people. And, and I remember some of the situations that were so messy. <laughs> I, I had trouble sometimes because these, these people... That these men, it was a men's mission that were down there. I mean, the flies were so thick. It was, you know, you get the preach on waving your hands just to keep the flies off your head in the middle of trying to read the Bible and flies call, crawling your eyeballs and up your nose and in your mouth. Like it was just, you know, and the stench was really horrific. And I, and I remember God, like, I, I just, I prefer preaching in a nice air-conditioned auditorium where everybody's had a nice shower, come to church with their favorite cologne on, and uh, we could all get along and be happy. Going down there, no air conditioning, stinking hot, the stench of it, the, the whole thing. It was just such a messy situation. But I looked at these people, and I looked at what they were willing to do to rescue people from the tip in Tijuana. They go down there, filthy, big pile of the rubbish from all from all, the whole city, big city down there. And, and, and they would rescue people around that tip area. And, uh, you know, story after story, people would show up 
from one time when I'd go down to the next time. I remember going down there once and they, they had just rescued this man off the tip. And before that, they rescued a woman that was put there to die and saw her come back to life. And, and, and they rescued this man who's, who's, who had not had a bath or a shower in so long, he hadn't even taken his shoes off that his feet had gangrene and they, they couldn't, even, couldn't even remove his boots. It was, he was just that bad. He'd defecated in his pants and everything else over weeks and weeks, like he was really out of it. And they, they, they went to put him on the bus and the bus driver went, no way. Everybody got off the bus because they had to use public transport. And they wanted to take this guy to the hospital. And finally, they convinced the bus driver, look, uh, please just, just let us get on the bus and take him to the hospital. But they, they had to pray that God would take the stench away so that they could stomach the ride to, from uh, the tip to the hospital. And, and I remember them telling this story. They, they, they convinced the bus driver to let the guy on the bus with them. And they got to the hospital and, uh, and they put the guy there. And the hospital said, no, we can't, we can't admit him. You need money. He can't, this isn't free. The hospital's not free. It takes money. And the word of the Lord came to this one man. And he said, tell him that your dad owns the hospital. And he goes, my, my father owns the hospital. They go, really? <laughs> What's his name? And he goes, Jesus, Jesus. Now, it had it that Jesus was the guy that actually owned the hospital or ran the hospital. And they went, okay, we'll, we'll admit them. And, uh, and so they did. And they, they didn't have to amputate his legs. The guy got, got gloriously saved, and then, then he went on to be with the Lord. Who is it in your world right now? Do you just, oh, no, no, I don't want to go near them. They, 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 they stink too much. They're, they're, this is a messy situation. I don't know. God sent somebody else. I don't want to touch it. God's church is meant for community. We are the body of Christ. Last time I checked, my body has a couple hands. It's got some feet. It has the capacity to hug people, even the unlovely. It has the capacity to take me into messy situations so that the faith and the anointing and the power of God can hit that situation. I want to encourage you, church, before we take communion, I want to encourage you this morning to not run from community because sometimes the easiest thing for us to do, and if you're watching online, it's the same thing as just to watch a podcast or a vidcast, and ours is being streamed, but that is not community. Community means when you come into uh, contact and, and, and you've got common unity around Jesus, that, that us together can do something amazing. We wanna have small groups everywhere. We wanna get things going so that we can have an avenue to reach out into this world. We're not just going to be Sunday-only attenders or let's watch the, you know, the latest uh, whoever's on television. God, God's power needs to get out. God's people need to move out into the uncharted, messy situations. And I want to encourage you right now. In fact, I want to challenge you not to run and hide from all, all the things and all the people, some of them sitting around you right now or, or your neighbors or the community, but to actually be purposeful and i want to i want to ask you to do two things two things right now number one pray so that you can get a word from god 
Yes, I want to do that. We need people to host small groups. We need people to be part of a small group. And we need people to lead small groups. That's anything from Alpha to a Bible study about what's preached on Sunday to dinner party. And we've got a few of them, but very few and too few, to be honest. We need to get out and reach into the messy situations that are in life. So I'd like you to, uh, right now, there's a card on the, underneath the seat in front of you. It's got opportunities here to put your name on it. And uh, it's got some options. I would like to know if you are willing to actually come within close proximity of somebody's messy situation and you are willing to put yourself out and, and not just to go through your life trying to keep it all chartered and, and safe and keep the mess out. Uh, I'd like to know that you would be willing to step out into somebody else's world. So you can take that card, fill it out, pray about it, and then secondly, obey about it. Pray and obey, you get that? Real simple. Take the card home, pray about it, but don't just like forget about it and say, okay, God, if you want me to be part of this or run it or host it, then uh, I'm all in. Pray about it and obey. Fair enough? Good, okay. We should have three or four people then. Right now I wanna pray for those people that are watching online. It's a real privilege that you are watching. It's something that I don't take for granted. And uh, I'm excited that you've joined us this morning. I really encourage you to get yourself in a church. If you're living somewhere else uh, on the planet, there are some great churches that are uh, uh, probably in your city that you can become part of with community. Venture out, take your mess there, and become a part of somebody else's mess. And together, God will solve something incredible in, in your life. But do, do venture out into your uncharted. And right now, I'm going to give you a chance to uh, ask the Lord into your heart so that he can, can direct you into your world. We're all going to pray here as well. So I'd like us all to bow our heads and pray. And uh, just say this prayer out loud with me. Say, Dear God, I thank you for sending your son, Jesus, into my heart to lead me and to guide me into all truth. Jesus, I give you my life. Amen. Well, you th thank you for joining us, and uh, God bless you. Feel free to take communion in your home right now if, if you've prepared for that. And uh, share our, our messages. We're on, on YouTube, uh, it's Facebook, and we've also got podcasts that come up so you can listen and uh, maybe do your workout or run or whatever, get the word of God into you. But make sure that you share these things. City-church.net is our uh, website. Again, city-church.net. And uh, you'll find us there. You can uh, also find our app, City Church Sunshine Coast. If you uh, just go to the app store, it's free. And you can tap into previous messages and just stay up to date and uh, go out and make something in your world. God bless you. And thank you so much for joining us. Thank you for listening to the City Church Podcast. If you enjoyed this message or God worked through you in any way, then please take a moment to contact us through our website at city-church.net or email us your feedback at info at city-church.net.